Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. happen to us let us encounter Jesus let our lives be better for it every heart that is discouraged every heart that is broken every heart that needs to be strengthened this morning father let your word strengthen every heart let faith come let hope come let dreams come alive let every one of us step into something new because you're a God of new things. And Lord, I ask in finances this month, we ask for double. Father, we ask for double. That by the end of September, there will be multiple testimonies of double double finances, double increase, double income. I ask in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Put your hands together for Lord and have your seat. Thank you, choir. Out of my spirit came forth that prophetic word that there will be double double income this month there will be double double increase double finances double finances Dr. K sent a word and I put the word on the group chat said that your September will be a month of uncontested and unparalleled total life prosperity and that it is your season of mind-blowing opportunities to deliver your prophecy of prosperity someone just lift your hands and say I receive say I receive again then say to yourself that this month September will be a double month for me in my finances say like a minute it in my finances it will be a double month for me hallelujah glory to God are you excited to be in church I'm excited glory to God wow true riches <laughs> is someone excited about that true riches you're going to take your notes and you're going to write today glory to God thank you Holy Spirit you know I've always said that we are not the poor 
trying to be rich. We are not the sick trying to be healed. Okay? I'll say that again. You are not the poor trying to be rich. The reason you have a job and you're working, the reason you have a business and finances are coming to you is not so that you will be rich. Money does not make someone rich. Okay? Follow me. So the reason you are working at the end of the month, you've been paid a salary, or at the end of a period, a business comes to you and you make some money. It's not so that you will be rich. Okay? In Christ Jesus, we are rich. But pastor, my account is minus, minus, minus. Yes. How can you tell me that right now, you know, people say that if you check, if you check my account, home and abroad, it's empty. And some people say, if you take me and throw me down like this, if anything drops, it's my teeth. You know, people make all kinds of statements just to emphasize or tell you their financial state. Okay. We've learned in the class today that faith will not deny the fact. Okay. But faith will superimpose on the fact to deliver to you the reality. Okay. So when in Christ Jesus, what we deal with is reality. So I agree that yes, your bank account is negative. That even the bank is calling you to tell you, please come and close your account. It's been negative for <laughs> if that can happen anyway. You know. So I'm trying to paint a picture of the baddest of the baddest of scenarios and tell you that in that state you are rich. So how, how am I bold to make that statement? Because we have defined a lot of things in the world today. And I say it all the time that God will never use what man created to do what he wants to do. So begin to think about all the things. Money is not a creation of God. So if God says you are rich, he's not talking about money. He's talking of what money cannot buy. He's talking of a substance that is beyond money. So when God calls you rich and calls you wealthy and calls you prosperous, take your mind off money. And that's the way God talks. Came to Gideon. Gideon, now mighty man of valor. How is he a mighty man of valor? How? So, God will not call it because of what it looks like, but he will call it the way he sees it. So when God says you are rich in Christ Jesus, you better believe that you are rich. You better believe that you are rich. Okay? So we are not the poor trying to be rich. We are the rich that poverty is trying to lay hold on us. A two different scenarios. So if you're fighting lack and fighting want and fighting insufficiency, what it means is that you are, that the poverty is trying to take away your riches in Christ Jesus. So listen to me. You're saying to me again that, Pastor, look, you don't have, there's nothing for poverty to take. 
what's it coming to take now? No, the fact that you don't have it, it means that it's been stolen from you. It's not only what you have that can be taken from you. It is also possible that what you don't have and what you think it's not yours has been taken from you. So you cannot say, okay, um, I'm, I'm walking on the road and somebody comes. Oh, they stole my phone. Yes, we stole you. somebody stole your phone because you have a phone. But the fact that you don't have a phone means that somebody has stolen it. Are you getting my picture? Say, Pastor, but I don't have any phone to steal. It's because they've stolen it. But Pastor, I've not bought a phone. Yes, that's why. They've stolen it. That's why you don't have it. Okay? So think about it like that. When Jesus says you are rich and you are experiencing some lack, he says, a thief has done this. He said, while men slept, a thief came. Okay? While men slept. So, I want you to take your mind off money. We're going to talk about lots of money. But take your mind off it first of all. Because that's not where it starts. Alright? So, you are not the poor. Say it again. I'm not the poor. Trying to be rich. I am the rich. Accessing my wealth. And my inheritance. In Christ Jesus. So when you establish that fact, you realize that the reason we work, the reason we labor, the reason we do business and all these things, it's really not because we want to be rich. The scripture says that labor not to be rich. I think somewhere in Ecclesiastes or so. It says labor not to be rich. Okay? Don't overwork yourself to be rich. Alright? But God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have a good rich life. God wants you to maximize life, make impact and be a blessing. So if God wants all these things, how come you are de-emphasizing money? Yes, I'm de-emphasizing money, but I'm emphasizing the riches you have in Christ Jesus. We'll see that as we go on. Okay? So when I say that God wants you rich, God wants you prosperous, I say it again with boldness. This month, you will have double income. It keeps coming to me and when God keeps emphasizing something in my heart like that, it's just for somebody to take it. I said this month, you will have double income. And as simple as I'm saying it, that's how it's going to come. You will have double income. You won't have to break the bank. You won't have to do anything extra. It's, I sense it's just a grace in the house. You will have double income. Somebody, somebody will call you and say, I just feel like you need money. They say, I just feel like you need money. I say, send me your account details. That's what the person says. And you come and testify. Ah, pastor, you said it. That's somebody who call. They say, I just feel like you need money. Oh, send me your account details. Let me send this. Ah, it's been a while. Ah, how are you doing? Okay, send me your account details. Would you mind that kind of phone call? Glory to God. Glory to God. This month again of prosperity. I'm seeing things. Just I'm standing here. I'm just seeing things. This month of prosperity. Again, someone will come to you and say to you, you need something. You need this thing. I will do it for you. I will do it for you. So riches means an abundance of something of something in excess 
an overflowing such that it can eat, it can alter an outcome positively or negatively. So riches means an abundance of something. It means an overflowing of something. So it can alter an outcome positively or negatively. Okay? Um, somebody can be rich in, in foolishness. That guy is so rich in foolishness. So when, this, when, you, when we talk about riches, it's something that is abundant. Okay? Um, so it can alter an outcome positively or negatively. Somebody has something in abundance, in excess, such that when that thing is applied to an outcome, it alters it either positively or negatively. Okay? So that's what riches are. So riches are good. Riches are required to do many things. Many things. Many things. We, riches are required to do so many things. And then money is a part of riches, but not limited to it. Okay? Riches is not limited to money, but money is part of riches. So when we talk about riches, we are not limiting it to money alone. Alright? We're not limiting it to money alone. Okay? But money is part of it. Why am I saying so? Because riches existed before money came. Okay? Being wealthy, being being rich in something existed far before money came. So money is a part of it. Money is an addition. It's not, it's not limited to it only. Alright? Ecclesiastes 10.19 The Bible says that money answered all things. Okay? Money answered all things. Ecclesiastes 7.12 It says money is a defense. Money is a defense. So we use money as a tool, as a resource. A feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry. But money answers everything. Money answers everything. Ecclesiastes 7, 12. Money is a defense. It means that I can... Let, now, before I go, well, let me make this statement. You know, I've said to us many times that what we understand in the natural what we understand in the natural is a representation of what is spiritual. Okay? So what money can do and what money has come to do on earth is a representation of what is spiritual. So when the Bible says that money answers all things and money is a defense, it means that money is man's expression of a supernatural experience. Because why? We are spirits. We are spirits and because we are spirits, we live by the spirit. The world and the whole earth is a spiritual world. We operate by the spirit. That's how we live. That's how we move. That's how we have our being. She was given a testimony of how, how they were waiting for, for, for her sister-in-law and stuff like that. I, I was telling us on Wednesday. So when she called me and told me how this was what was going on. And then God just told me, he said, release angels now. To direct that vehicle to wherever they are. They were standing somewhere. That they, they were, what, what was the chances? What's the probability, the permutation and combination of the inequality of the science and the division of the plus and minus of how the vehicle will get to you? What was the chances? They didn't have the phone number of the driver. They didn't have the phone number of the girl. They didn't have nobody's phone number. If you plot the graph and, and, and underline it and analyze it and put the combination and permutation, how will the driver get to her? And in the standing, the driver could have been to anywhere. It could have been in my four. It could have been in my three. It could have been in my whatever. It could have even come back to Lagos. 
But God said, tell the angels now to send the vehicle to wherever they are. And when they called me, she said, ah, this was happening. I said, no problem. And what I try to do as a pastor most times is that whenever I'm faced with a situation, I try not to enter that situation with you. So sometimes I might ask as if I, I'm, I'm not hearing what you're saying. It's because if I enter the situation with you, I will not be able to see clearly. Because we'll be, we'll, we're both inside. We're both inside. Imagine two people drowning and one is shouting for them, help me. Who help who? They are trying to save themselves. So when they called me and said, Pastor, this situation, immediately I stepped out of the situation. I said, no problem, it's okay. I stepped out. I can't be bothered by it. Why? So that I can see clearly, I can hear what God is saying. It's a spiritual world. So that's how we rule. That's how we reign. So we access the supernatural to deliver for us the natural. So when you need money, Jesus can tell you, go to the sea and cut the fish and that fish that you find, you pick the coin inside and that's what you use. So it's a spiritual world. You understand? So when we're talking about riches and talking about wealth, take your mind first off money. Alright? So money is a defense. What's that scripture? It says for wisdom is a defense as money is a, dif is a defense. So what you can do in the natural is an expression of what is happening in the spiritual. And the God that I know, the God that I serve, the God that I walk with, the God that talks to me, the God that I see is a spiritual God. When he wants to do something, he can use natural means, but doesn't mean that he's subject to the natural. God is not limited to our natural experiences. Okay? So he accesses what's in the supernatural to deliver to us what we have in the natural. So whenever you ask God for something, God will never give you a material thing as it were. God will give you a spiritual substance. And it's with that spiritual substance you will access the material things. When he wants to give you something, he gives you the spirit of faith. With faith, you access something. He gives you the spirit of wisdom. With wisdom, you access something. He gives the spirit of knowledge. With knowledge, you access something. He gives you the spirit of understanding. With understanding, you access something. So money is a byproduct of a spiritual substance. So how can I treasure, go after, pursue, what is a byproduct of the main thing? How can I do that? How can I? Somebody say true riches. So we can do a lot of things with riches. And then you know you can also do bad things. You can also do bad things. Somebody can have money and decides that now that he has arrived in this protocol, they were here. Ah, all the places that I have trekked, when I blast my music and pass it, they will know that I have come. All the people that, especially that woman that I used to tell to give me bread on credit that she will not give me, when I pass there today, I will blast that music. It's called nuisance value. Nuisance value. So money is good. It answers all things. It's a defense. But then it can also be somebody's downfall. So Jesus is not only concerned about how the, about the good we do with the riches, but he's concerned about how the riches come. 
He's not only concerned about the so because somebody will say that oh, if money is good and it helps people, then I should get a lot of this money and then help people with it. After all, I am helping people. Are we not correct? How many of you were shocked to your bones when you heard of Obi Wan? Okay, okay. Or what's that his name? How many of you heard the story? You guys don't watch the news. How many of you had, how many of you know him? Obi Wan. You guys don't know him. Okay, you should you should be more in the know. Google it later. He's a young Nigerian. He's a young Nigerian. He was on Forbes. He's a multi-millionaire or probably a billionaire. I don't know. A young Nigerian. I'm not sure he's up to forty. He was on Forbes. The FBI just cut, just caught him and arrested him. He's been doing business scam. It shocked the entire... Why do you think they've closed the border to, to you from going to the US now? It was because of all this. They raided in the US and arrested over 80 Nigerians or so. It's all over the news. But this guy was well celebrated. People have called him to give talk, to give award. They've given him award. They've given him so many things. Young guy, pastors have celebrated him. Hey, look at him. That is our son. Yes. So just because it's, the money is doing good does not mean that he has the right source. And so you should not use good as an excuse to just chase after money. You shouldn't use good as an excuse. So Jesus is not only concerned about, you know, the good we do, but he's also concerned about how, how, how the good comes. He said, don't wear yourself out. Proverbs 23. He said, don't wear yourselves out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears. For it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Like an eagle. I'm going to talk, talk to us about two stories here today just to lay a foundation all through the month we're going to be talking about true riches but to lay a foundation so you understand what to expect you understand what's ahead of you all right turn your bibles to mark chapter 10 mark chapter 10 from verse 17 mark 10 It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and your mother. Teacher, the man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. 
Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them, but Jesus again, Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. You know, many times we've read the scripture. I remember when I was in deeper life, I read the scripture and I was like, boy, you know, there ain't no point being rich because when you're rich, you ain't going to heaven. You know, I misunderstood the concept. I misunderstood what Jesus was trying to say there. Then disciples were stoned. Then who, then who in the world can be saved? Who in the world can be saved? Jesus saw a man that came to him and that felt that, hey, my riches and my wealth and my possessions can save me. That's what he felt. That what I have can save me. Because Jesus said to him, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. Because he trusted in his riches, in his possessions, in his wealth. He trusted in all that he had. And he felt that those things would be able to save him. So Jesus said, what you're trusting in to save you cannot save you. That's why they asked Jesus, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? And he looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. So he that trusted in his riches, humanly speaking, it's impossible for the riches to save you. But with God, it is possible. That's what he's saying. It is impossible for the riches to save you. But with God, it is possible. So when I hold on to those things that God is trying to dissociate me from, I'm thinking that in those things I have defense. In those things I have security. In those things I have, I have wealth. I have, I, have, I have something to lean on. I have trust. He says it's impossible. You cannot save yourself. And we know from life, there are many instances we see people with tons and tons of millions in their bank account and then they're on the sick bed. The money cannot save them at that time. It cannot save them. Jesus replied, and I, shortly, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or, prop or property for my sake and for the good news, will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and all that along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. So I'm reading the scripture and I'm asking myself, hey, Jesus, stop there. You just told the guy to go sell everything he has and come follow you. And then you're saying that when it comes to follow you, um, whoever comes to you and has lost and has given up all these things because of you will have all these things. So I asked Jesus a question. Why are you telling him to give up what you will give to him? The guy, I mean, just think about it. Okay, I'm coming to you now. And I say, 
look at this my iPhone for me to come to you I'm giving up my iPhone and then you're telling me that when I come to you you will give me an iPhone why I already have an iPhone so why should I give up my iPhone come to you and then you will give me an iPhone are you getting the analogy Jesus is saying that what I give you will last what you get yourself will not last so he's telling the man that you've trusted in your riches you've trusted in the things that you have possessed by yourself without me give it up don't trust in it trust in me because if you have me you have everything so inside of me there are many iPhones there are many brothers there are many sisters there are many houses there are many lands there are many properties so once I'm outside of those things they can't last so he's saying that the true riches are the riches that come from me those are the ones that will last so I'm asking oh Lord why did you tell him I mean he has all these things and then the very things that you're telling him to give up are the things that you are saying that when we come to you we will have when we will come to you we will have he said but many who are the greatest now will be least important then and those who seem to least important now will be the greatest then another story Luke chapter 16 from verse 1 Jesus told this story to his disciples there was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs one day a report came that the manager was wasting his employers money so the employer called him in and said what's this I hear about you get your report in order because you are going to be fired the manager thought to himself now what my boss has fired me I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg Ah, oh, I know how to ensure that I have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired so he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation he asked the first one how much do you owe him the man replied I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil so the manager told him take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons and now how much do you know oh my employer he asked the next man I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat was the reply here the manager said take the bill and change it to 800 bushels the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd and it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light now listen he says here's the lesson use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends then when your possessions are gone they will come to you an eternal home now reading the scripture again I asked the Lord I said Lord does it make sense and then God told me he said the guy is a foolish guy I said why he said would you employ someone that duped his boss because of you would you do that You're a contractor and you supply stuff to Grace's office and the person comes to you and says, you know what, you're owing us 20 million, change it to 10 million and you're happy and then when the guy is fired, the guy comes to you and says, you know I helped you the other time, so can you employ me in your business, would you employ him? 
Jesus told me the guy is a foolish guy. He's a foolish guy. He says, if you are if you are if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be dishonest with greater um, with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Wealth and riches is all about responsibility. Responsibility. So when you're praying and saying, God, I want to have money like Dangote. I want to have money like Otadola. Ask yourself one question. Am I ready for the responsibility of wealth? Am I ready for the responsibility of it? Am I ready for the responsibility of it? True riches is responsibility. True riches is purpose. True riches is a goal, a vision. Because think about it. He said, who will trust you with true riches? What I was asking the Lord, what is that true riches? And God began to paint a picture for me. And he said to me, he said, look, when you have a goal to do something and you design something or create something to achieve that goal, and you have resources that is helping you achieve the goal. Is it the resources that matter the most or the goal? The goal. Because the resources exist because of the goal. Right? Why are you here? Why are you here? Ask yourself, why am I here? The reason certain things have not come into your hands is because you have not carried the direction that you're supposed to be going. It's called responsibility. So he said, if you are not faithful what's another man's, who will give you what is your own? Who will give you the true riches? So what he's talking about is that, look, there is a wealthy place for you that by design, God has created you to be the purpose of your existence the purpose of why you are here when that becomes your priority when that becomes your goal when that becomes what you are looking for when that becomes all that you are about he said if you are not faithful in doing other things who will give you true riches who will give you what is your own who will give you? How will you come to the revelation knowledge of why you are here? The day you discover why you are here, the day you discover why you are here and you're on that path to fulfilling that purpose, you're stepped into your own. Because the vision and the goal that is in your heart put by God is a responsibility. 
Yes, God has designed you for something. It's a responsibility. He says, so who will trust you? How will God entrust you with that responsibility? Yes, that's what he has designed you for. That's what he has graced you for. That's what he has called you for. By design, maybe in the plan of God, you're supposed to be um, the top five CEOs in the world. But right now, you are not taking responsibility towards certain things and being faithful in little things such that the big things will come. And then you're asking yourself, why am I not getting the wealth? Why am I not getting the riches? Why, why is this not coming to me and that not coming to me? It's responsibility. So when you're faithful in the little that is coming your way, and then the master comes for account and says to you, the gift I gave to you, the grace I, I endowed you with, the wisdom I endowed you with, the skill, the talents I endowed you with, what have you been doing with it? So the master came to him and said, give account now of your stewardship. Because why? You've been wasting it. You've been wasting it. You can do this, you can do that. And all you do with it is just, you know, here and there and here and there. And you're not expressing, you're not finding expression with it. And he's asking for account. He's asking for account. So after the guy has gone through all these things, he said the guy has not been faithful with what God has given to him. The gifts and the skills and the talents and the grace that God has given to him. Because in God's mind, he will not give you money. He will give you a gift. He will give you a talent. He will give you an idea. He will give you wisdom to do certain things. And then as you are going about those things, being a blessing to humanity, being a blessing to the world, resources begin to come your way. Why? To help you achieve the goal. So, for me now to focus on the resources as the main thing is unwise. So, Jesus is saying to that guy, he's not focusing on the true riches. I'm going to stop here today. The moment you begin to put your trust in the resources you are living in uncertain riches the Bible calls it uncertain riches it is not certain and another place in scripture the Bible calls it the deceitfulness of riches so when God is asking you to give account of the things he has endowed you with I do not think that my God will be so clueless that he will create a human being and destine that human being to poverty. No. Everything you need to succeed in life is already in you. Just as you're standing here. Everything is already in you. God will not require anything man has created to do what he wants to do. We begin to discover them here as we apply the gifts and the grace that God has given to us. So the question is, are they achieving the goal for which they were set up? Are they achieving the goal? Are they achieving the goal? First Timothy 6 and 17. 
It says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Stand to your feet. How can a God tell you not to trust in uncertain riches, then later tell you that he richly gives you all things to enjoy. Does it make sense? How can a God tell you that, hey, sell everything that you have and follow me, then I will give you all those things that you sold. Somebody say true riches. This September, your mindset will change. You will see clearly the things that you are supposed to focus on in the realm of the spirit, focus on in the natural so that you can access. And the moment your mind begins to go away from money, it will be easy for God to communicate certain things to you. But the moment you begin to trust in it and put your hope in it and trust in it and everything, oh, money must be involved. Money must be involved. This Paracord that I know that, boy, if you ask anybody to come and see you in the house, the person who asks for transport money, you are the one that says, come, come and visit me in the house, the person who asks for transport money. Even when the person tells you, okay, um, I'm coming to you, the person who still asks for transport money. I, I see that a lot when, when artisans come to the house and all that to do stuff. That their transport money, they must collect it. I don't know what is them with transport money. They must collect that money. But church, as we begin to focus on the real reason we're here and begin to focus on the plan of God, the purpose of God, resources will come. When the resources come, those resources are not the important thing. The important thing is the goal because the resources came because of the goal. So if you don't have a goal from heaven that you are chasing, you don't have a goal from God that you are pursuing, and you are expecting resources to come to come and do what? To come and do what? It's not just for you to lie in your bank account. No, it has a reason. It has a reason. So if you're now focusing on the one coming to lie in your bank account, no, I just want my account to be reading one million, one million, one million. For what? What is the reason? Lift your hands to heaven. One of the things that we need to focus on a lot as we heard in the Elevate service is the word. Because one of the things that deceitfulness of riches come to choke is the word. To produce is saying that the deceitfulness of riches and the care for other things have choked it so that it cannot produce what is about. The word can produce money. The word can produce all these things that Jesus was telling the guy to go sell. But the thing why Jesus told him to go sell was that his trust was in it and not in Jesus. Because how can a Jesus who tells you to go sell everything and then the things he told you to sell is what he's going to give to you? You say, ah, Jesus, don't bother now. I have it already. Why? No, don't, don't bother. No, it's because the trust is in it. The trust is in it. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, I prophesy over your church this month, September. 
this month September double in their finances double income this month of September expression of financial blessings financial increase financial breakthrough in the name of Jesus Christ message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.